them there or do you hold no, them? No, okay, they're, cool. they're quite sensitive. Alright. Yeah. So everyone, we've just I've just made my guest uh, sign the waiver to uh, donate her organs to uh, the way professional of my autograph. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what she thinks. Um, <laughs> Either way, it's getting sold, right? Precisely. Precisely. <laughs> Something is. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you can to make money these days. Hmm. <laughs> You're not wrong. No. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience, your lovely self to our audience? Hello, audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Sam, a.k.a. SPL, which is my musician name. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and... Um, I am a singer-songwriter and I've been – I'm a Borloo Perth local artist. Mm-hmm. So that's just a little brief. Oh. Yes. Wunderbar. Now, what is that? Shut up. <laughs> okay. Um, now, uh, we – I got onto you from uh, our mutual friend Jason Green at the moment. Love and, our uh, friend Jason Green. Love our friend Jason Green. We do. Uh, they're a very good person, very weird person, but then again, which works for us, which works well for us, right? Yeah. Now in terms of, so you deal in, uh, what style of music would you say you listen to? Cause I've listened to a little bit of it mm-hmm. on the way over here. Now, uh, okay. what style of music would you say you call it? Probably R and B pop, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm trying to dabble more into dance music because mm-hmm. I feel like it's summer and that's where it's at, and I need more music that's gonna make me get up in the morning mm-hmm. and ev- to get everyone else up in the morning and happy. But I like to experiment, so I'm open minded to all kinds of genres yeah. of music. You're not on that like seriously grind kind of mentality, you know? Because I like to be faced with a challenge every morning. So that's why my alarm clock is always just brutal death metal. And it's like, oh, God, I don't want to get out of bed to this. But then I'm like, I've got to, you know. <laughs> Look, I won't lie. I've been vacationing, staycationing in my home. Mm. So at the moment, I've been a bit more laid back with my alarm clock. But I need to get back on that grind. Mm. And I think this weather is helping me wake up. Yes, yes. Uh, those winter months certainly put me in hibernation mode. Mm-hmm. But I kind of still am in hibernation yeah. mode, but that's because I'm becoming a creature of the night being both a bartender and comedian. I mean, I used to be a sparky and a FIFO worker, and now I'm, I've gone right the other way. Jack of all trades. Oh, Jack and all the trades are. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What happens on site stays on site, boys. Yeah, 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 yeah the boys. Yeah, the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was that story from Sino-Iron or... We're working about the two sparkies caught in the ice room. Oh, have it's, heard this one? It's, gonna- <laughs> it's honestly, it's it's probably, it's not even real. I mean, it happened well before I got there, but uh, basically the let's joke was. Real. Yeah, let's pretend it's real. <laughs> um, basically, the uh, story was two sparkies were uh, giving each other a good old fashioned buggering in the ice room uh, one morning before pre start. It's a uh, great way to wake up. Yeah, well, you know, depends who you talk to, but yeah, why not? <laughs> um, now, in terms of, let's talk about a little bit more about your artistry in okay. terms of what made you start wanting to make music and what are some of the artists that, you know, helped inspire you and, and move along? Well, 
I grew up with R&B music, so my mum was very into, mm-hmm. like, her Whitney, which is still considered pop as well, I guess, um, and En Vogue, Boys to Men, Michael Jackson, you know, I heard all of that stuff and grew up to Celine Dion and uh, the list could go on. Um, but I, that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, 2000s happened and I was born in 93, so Christina Aguilera comes along, Britney Spears in sync, and, of course... I have every Barbie doll that all of the pop stars have created. I've got a Spice Girls posh Spice one, got Christina Aguilera's Genie in a Bottle one, and the Baby one more time. So iconic. Um, Upset that they're gone. Don't know where they've gone, but Mm -hmm. I hope they're in a good home. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so it kind of started from there. And then, you know, high school happens and, you know, there's a choir uh, so Sang in a choir too myself. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, choir boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I was in choir and then our music teacher had a seg- segment, not really a segment, but feels like it, uh, had a group called The Barbershop. So I didn't, at the time, I didn't know what a barbershop was, but if you think of Glee or um, not even Glee, it, it was kind of like Glee, but there was about... I think six of us and we didn't use instruments. We all just sang with our voices and that's how I learned how to harmonize and work with other people and test my vocal ability out. And I loved it. Hmm. So it kind of went from there. And then uh, we had a school come to us called Music Rocks and that's, they wanted to create bands. So it was like, I think, from 15-year-olds 15, 15 to 17-year-olds. And we all learned how to play instruments or we all just got put in like a school of rock type of situation. Mm. And then I ended up forming a band and we ended up taking it outside of high school, mm-hmm. which was called Winter's Calling, and that was a grunge band. Mm-hmm. So completely opposite to everything else that I'd been exposed to. But, you know, we all have our emo phases in high school with the side fringe and the dark eyeliner. And everyone, I, either yeah. goes, everyone either goes through one of three phases. They go yes. through an emo phase, mm-hmm. a gay phase, mm-hmm. or a racist phase. Oh, mm. getting deep. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I can... No, you're, 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 on the, you're on the money there. Yeah. Very true. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't yeah, even yeah, want to yeah. look at some of my Facebook mm. <laughs> statuses because yeah. we love a good memory for oh, us. <laughs> trust me the minute i started out on comedy i was like i need to go back through the post oh. and just oh, yeah let's delete that's that brutal. let's yeah. delete that yeah let's delete that mm-hmm. and uh now i just post uh more or less the thoughts of a raving autistic person speaking of which i imagine yes. you would have been into music stores at some point yes so more in particular like uh, stuff that sells studio equipment, stereos, mm-hmm. soundboards, cables, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I recently had to go in to get a uh, cable replaced mm-hmm. in one of these stores. Now, there's one thing I've noticed about people in, like, those kind of stores. In the term- workers. The workers, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for this because I feel it coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's... They have... It's not like, because I work at a bar now, so, like, customer mm-hmm. service is important and you got to be friendly. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like those guys, they are hired purely based off their autism. Like... Interesting. Have you ever talked to any of them? They're like... Well, they're very... They know what they're talking about. Of course they do. Yeah. Of course they do. But they have no... 
social skills like whatsoever. I know they will get me what they want, but it's like, and you know, no hassle to them. It's hardly a music store is hardly the place I go to get my morning coffee. <laughs> but I'm just looking at them. It's like you guys could like just like not so, like they don't have social cues. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like they just have the same blank expression. And it's like, did you guys just like, you guys jerked out your emotions just way too quickly at a young age, don't you think? <laughs> have you noticed them about these about f- guys who work in these stores? Well, I feel like I'm so used to the muso kind of guys from, from high school because a lot of my close friends became uh, sound engineers uh-huh. and they're all very... They're all very similar. So they're just, they know what they're talking about and they're very, it's, yeah, the social cues definitely need work, but they, I feel like they're there for one thing, which is to tell you about this and play you the guitar for mm-hmm. a good hour when you need to, or whatever they're selling you, they're going to be on it. And then you're like, wait, are, are we still helping me here? <laughs> or are you just having a good time now? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's good to see, but you know, we've got to be somewhere. Mm. Moral of the story is, sound people, possibly uh, neurodivergent, shall we say? Um, Now, back on to your artistry. You mentioned you went through a grunge phase. Mm. Now, going from hip-hop to grunge, first off, I'm not that surprised myself because I'm someone who, like, I love country music. I love metal music. I love blues and jazz and swing. Mm-hmm. I recently went to see Andre Bocelli. Been a lifelong Ooh, Andre I'm Bocelli I'm mad I didn't fan. go. That would have been Ooh, great. Oh, God, he was amazing. My, my pop uh, loves him. Yeah, he yeah. was amazing. My mum got way too drunk. But that's, that's you know, she's a fangirl. That's what's going to no, happen. No, but that's the thing. <laughs> this isn't a music festival. This is like a once in a lifetime. This is classy. This is something you don't need to be drunk for. Right. First did, off, she, did she intend to get that drunk or did I, it just happen over I time? Think you, I, I think because my, I think I have something like my mum when people tell me not to do And she won't admit uh, to this. But when people tell them not to do something, they have to do the it. The rebel. And, yeah. And... She heard me, my sister, and my dad all say, Mum, this is Andre Bocelli. You won't want to get too drunk for this because you want to be able to remember it because it's really magical. And, you know, he'll probably never come to Australia again, yada, yada, yada. Nah. Soon as we walked in, bottle of champagne, down the hatch, and we oh. oh, God. Like, me and my sister didn't even drink the entire time. We were seated separate from them because I bought what happened. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, what happened was I bought my mum a ticket as a surprise birthday Aww. thing to go see on because I know she'd wanted to see Andre Bocelli. But my dad had already bought the ticket uh, for her. And it was a much nicer like ticket than mine. Like Exactly. <laughs> I learned well. And, uh, but... So, I brought my sister along instead and I got uh, um, three bodies in for two tickets because my sister was pregnant at the time. And uh, No, still is. Uh, She's still pregnant now. Congratulations. uh, uh, Well, you know, I've already got eight nieces and nephews. Oh, one more won't hurt. Mm, Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I'm, I'm looking at it going like, this is, I feel bad for you, Dad. I'm really glad you took mum and not me because I wouldn't have wanted to stand next to her when she was being that drunk. Oh, God. Drunk parents, though, were fucking such a... A wild ride. Such an embarrassment. Yeah. Um, I've never seen my mum get really drunk ever. She likes the wine, but I feel like she knows... 
she likes to put ice in it so it's just nice and watered down and cool and I'm like have you lived <laughs> but I'm also you know good for you mm. well what what's your drink of choice oof a Negroni Spadlia oh, fuck off <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't, I could not resist. I'm a bartender. <laughs> and like the I've actually of... never had that in my life. And I'm like, do I take the risk? Is it worth it? I'm not really a trend follower, but I will say the way she said it, or they said it, I think they're non-binary. I want to have it now. Yeah, but like, I want to have <laughs> like... A, you know, a bag of Coke in my hand. I'm not going to annoy someone to go get it. The thing is, the thing is, if you walked... The thing with trends is there's always someone who has to pay for the price of the trend. Mm. And now... It's always the... Yeah. Yeah. And now it's the bartenders. And being a bartender myself, having people come up to you and ask for that drink, it's like, uh... Okay, how many, on a, how, how many people do you reckon? It's happened close to a dozen times now. Oh. And it's just like you are... You're, like, I can recommend 10 better drinks to you. Like, it's not a bad drink, but it's not a... I wouldn't go shooting my load for it, is the point. Right. You know what I mean? No. Right. But that's wouldn't just risk me. the embarrassment for it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Especially, like, guys, give it a year, let, let it go away, and then come back to it. Yeah. Speaking of which, I have to point out all of the collection of music that you have behind you. Oh, yes. So, we're in my studio recording this, by the way. So, Alex is having a little mm. look around. First thing she asks me when I get in, what star sign are you? And everyone that's listening knows I'm that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not ashamed. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> luckily, we get along. Luckily. Well. Luckily. You know, well... <laughs> You know me, guys, it's it's way too early in the day to start dropping tabs of acid. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I just wasn't ready to be asked that kind just of Just a hint of question. astrology. Just mm. a hint. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, what's what what's the deal with Aries then? Because I don't look into the whole personalities thing. What's the deal with Aries? All right. So I'll just give you a little debrief. Okay. Aries are impulsive. They are competitive. They are... Uh, how do I word this? They're very passionate and they're very fun. Mm -hmm. And they can be quite stubborn. Okay, just because this is true. This is just, yeah. 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 <laughs> just because it's true doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten less competitive as I've gotten older, but uh, there's still a few things that mm. I look at and I go, I gotta win this. I gotta prove I have you to win wrong. This. Yeah. Yeah. Very few things, but there's a couple of things. Mm. Um, but you know, that's just me, I guess. I um, love Aries. I love Aries. I do. I do. Now, um, normally we have a joke time, and uh, because I'm a comedian, I get to share my art form with you. All right. Now, um, last night was writers' room, so we came up with a lot more jokes and a few other things. Some of which I will not share because it is very <laughs> questionable. Share your art with my heart. Um, well, I'll share a friend's art because we right. we're okay with sharing our jokes so long as we credit each other. Okay. And Martin Darcy came up with a perler last night. All right. Hit me with it. Mm. So, do you know that 98% of Michael Jackson's alleged vid... vid blah, 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 let me start again. <laughs> do you know 98% of Michael Jackson's alleged victims were white? Yeah. yeah. Talk about privilege, hey? <laughs> mm. Not wrong. Yeah. Mm. 
And then last, but not least, oh, must be nice. Must must be nice. <laughs> I interviewed. Have you met uh, Flynn V? No, but I see them everywhere. So Flynn V, I interviewed him yesterday. Yeah, fantastic. It was the first episode back in a while, and uh, he was amazing. He was amazing, and uh, yeah, we um. We were laughing and whatnot, and you know he was showing me the hijinks he gets up to in Europe. And, oh. oh, yeah. Listen, let let me tell you, any photo where anyone is looking at the bulge in his pants on Instagram, let me tell you, there's a reason why it's there. <laughs> yeah. It's not fucking. It, that is not artificially this is inserted. Not a drill. That, that, that is, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like. It's like, geez. And he was saying, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a total bottom. And I was like, do you ever think How? to yourself? Yeah. And I was just thinking to him, I was like, do you ever think to yourself, what was the point of having this ginormous dick? And he was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, it's got to be daunting for another guy if he's going to top you and you've got a bigger dick than him. And he was like, I'm used to that by now, but it's not the size that matters. It's how you use it. And I was yeah. like, well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, easy for you to say, Flynn, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> one last joke. This is my joke. All right. Um, have you ever drank the uh, beer 50 Lashes before? I think I have, actually. Mm. Do you know why it's called 50 Lashes? No. Neither do I. Um, <laughs> but uh, I like to think it's because James Squire needed 50 Lashes to reach orgasm. Mm. That's one to think about. Yeah. Makes me want to start my own beer company and call it something like 12 inches, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. All right. And the great thing about that joke is the line's interchangeable. I can change that thing for so that long. That one is recyclable. Yeah. Like, I can change it, uh, have a beer company, call it Golden Shower. Have a beer company, call it Four Fingers. Have a uh, um, beer company and call it Sloppy Toppy. Something like, something like that, you know? <laughs> We're, the list is endless. The list is endless. Oh, so like, much room for activity. Yeah, the, the potential punchline <laughs> there is like, it, it's a gold mine, you know? It is. It is. I like the golden shower one, though. That's got a ring to it. So you're the second person to tell me that. I think because, you know, the colour of the beer as well, it just mm. all flows together nicely. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. <laughs> now, on to, like, what were some of the artists that made you want to get into music making? Oh. <sighs> I, there's such a long list, but I'll speak more from a songwriter's perspective because mm. I really am a lyricist. Like I've definitely had songs where they're not that intellectual. They're just there for a good time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I... You're a poet and you didn't even yeah, know it. No. Or did I? Mm. Huh. <laughs> but I I really appreciate the the lyrics of songs as much as I appreciate the beat because mm -hmm. I want to be told a story right you know and I think that's when vulnerability comes into play so uh, are you familiar with City and Color Dallas Green he was in I, okay, I never say this right is it Alexis on fire or Alex is on fire Alexis is on fire. Is that Alexis how? on fire. You'd think I would know that because I'm a big fan, but I'd never know because people just... No, it's Alexis on fire. It's Alexis on fire. I'm sure that's the case. Okay. Well, I feel like there needs to be a poll and people need to actually tell us. Let's create that poll right now. Can we please? Yeah. Because this has been on my mind. Mm-hmm. 
Not just a shower thought. Okay. A real thought. We we, we should we, we And as a fan, I'm I'm pissed at myself. I'm mm. mad. But you know, I'm not gonna pretend I know everything because I don't. I'm here for the music, not for the Not for the love of it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no, I hate no. That. Me, me me neither. <laughs> um yeah, what should we say? Ask a question. Is it Alexis on Alexis on fire? Mm-hmm. Or Alex is on fire. Alexis? Because there's no space in the title, hmm. in the in the name. Which one? Fire? Okay. Now, we're going to wait there, and we're going to see what happens by the end. Put and a pin in it. Yep. Yeah. But well, basically, that band, they, they have... A scream like they've got it's screamo, mm-hmm. but they also have a singer, and he is Dallas Green, who has his own side uh, band called City and Color, which is a little pun because Dallas Green, Dallas City Green? Color, oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a little moth in here that little needs moth. to be killed, but we'll get there. That bothers us. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, getting distracted. Mm, uh, <laughs> but he, the way he writes music is just, it touches my soul. And he just has such a beautiful voice. Now, when I play it touches for my mum. Touches your soul, touches touch, your whole. Touches it all. Yeah. Yeah, touches yeah, yeah. it all. And um, I played it for my mum my before and she goes, I know why you like his music, but it puts me to sleep. And it's always when we're in the car. Mm. And I'm like, well. Let's hope we don't crash because mm. this is trying to prevent your anxiety, not cause more. Mm. But, yeah, so he, he's been a big influence on how I write music. Right. And also, do you remember Winter Gordon that sang Dirty Talk? That name's familiar to me. She's changed her name now to Diana Gordon. So when she was Winter Gordon, she did a lot of dance music. So Dirty Talk was her biggest one. She actually came for Pride. It was my first Pride that I'd ever gone to in Perth. Mm-hmm. And... She, I mean, I'm a huge fan. I have a tattoo of her um, her album, which is with the music I die. So she's always been a big inspiration as well. And she transitioned from dance pop music to now as Diana Gordon being more of a folky, alternative, still R&B mm-hmm. type uh, artist. And she's written music for Beyonce and um, Solange, like many many artists so she deserves her flowers and she actually always replies to me when i send her a nice message on instagram or a dick pic or a dick pic mm. but we're not shh mm. keep it a secret mm. um <laughs> the secret's out shit yeah Flynn, <laughs> Flynn, if you're listening send us a dick pic and send we're gonna send one. it on to uh we're gonna Diana send it on Gordon. to winter yeah, Diana Gordon. she'll, yeah, yeah, she'll yeah, love yeah. it <laughs> and just send you be like where did you fucking get that thing be like yeah <laughs> Just around. Just around yeah. and grew overnight. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just a few uh, that I personally would choose as, as my two. But I love, I, like I said, there's so many that influence me. Mm. But when I started my solo career as a R&B pop artist, mm. I kind of, it was more about, like, I was more inspired by them. Right. As so, lyricist. So you, I understand you've uh, released some music. Yes. Yes. Which is very exciting for you. Thank now, you. Now, have you, you've performed live as well? Yes. 
Now, let's talk about this. What All is right. some of the you, your favourite fellow performers that you've performed alongside with, either at the same time or just on the same show? Mm-hmm. And then what has been your favourite standout performance for Ooh, yourself? Okay, well, so I don't want to be biased because I do have a team. That's okay. I am biased. Oh, so, yeah, love it. I, I, have, I let everyone know who my favourites are. Okay, and I think that's important, mm. you know. Martin I'm... Darcy, I'll suck your dick. Yep. <laughs> you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have a team called Green Team, mm-hmm. and we are songwriters, and uh, we have singers and rappers, producers. There's a whole lot that we do. And there's Bertie Anderson, B. Banner, uh, Melina, AJ Lyric, and... Lil Mace was part of our team as well, but he's moved away, so it's a bit harder. Um, but anyway, so B Banner, he is my favourite person to perform with, to watch perform. I just think that he is so gifted mm-hmm. and talented, and he is a rapper who is doing a bit more singing, and I just wish that he would be more confident about it because he's amazing. Mm. And he's just a beautiful person, but also he's just... Like, everyone just has a good time when they see him perform. He's an Afrobeats R&B artist, and we have an EP coming out ourselves that's a joint collaboration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, our, actually, it's good timing. Out? It's a good timing with this podcast because it's coming out next Friday. Perfect. This is coming out Tuesday. Ah, there you go. It was written in the stars. I know. I love it. So, that's called Fire and Water. You know what's fucking weird about that? Tell me. Is I had a podcast... But when you messaged at mm. that time, mm-hmm. when we started sure we were talking back and forth, scheduling the podcast, and I came with you for the first day, yeah. which I believe was a Thursday morning or something like that. Wasn't it like? It wasn't today, basically. We rescheduled to today. It was further down the line because I had a previous podcast schedule. That had to be cancelled because David Morgan Brown, I love you, but Jesus, mate. Where you at? <laughs> oh, mate, he's harder to pin down than a choir boy on meth. You know, like, he's like, he, he's difficult to get a hold of. Right. And he's a busy, busy man. And, you know, we're doing uh, our fringe show together, which I'll plug in a second. But cool. um, we, uh, so that got cancelled. And I'm like, well, let's move. Let's move her up. And then that's how we got here. And it was meant to be. It was meant to be. It was. Mm. So, yeah, there you go. So, it, it truly is a small world. It is. Yeah. It is, and you forget that. But then, you know, you're in the lesbian community and it's not that much of a... Mm. It's not that big around. It's a competitive world, though. It is a... Com- a spe- yeah, it's very tall poppy syndrome. Have you heard of that before? No, explain. So, basically, tall poppy syndrome is when people want you... People don't want you to do better than them. They want you to s- succeed, but not if it's going to get in the way of their success, even um, if it has nothing to do with them. Uh, because think about it, right? Like, I'm not too sure why they've called it tall poppy other than, like, I don't I don't really understand that, but, I mean, it all ties in. Um, it's another poll we need to have. <laughs> but basically, yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever had this happen with you, but people, you know, your local, your local like, fan base or whatever, they're more likely to show other com- comedian uh, videos or podcasts or whatever uh, because they don't know you 
Uh, because they don't know them, sorry. Mm-hmm. So it's something about being local and people knowing you or being so close to you that they don't always want to support that. Mm. And I really try to be optimistic about it, but I, I definitely do see it. And I'm just sort of like, why does it have to be that way? Exactly. The internet's a big place. Yeah. Um, and the we internet... can all win. Exactly. Exactly. So that and that's why it's fun having a podcast where I can bring on different people. Mm. The list of people I would not have on the podcast mm. is very finite, and it's not because they're more successful than me. I've had a lot of people on the podcast who are a lot more successful than me. Honestly, they were doing me a favour by doing the podcast. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, most people I interview are more successful than me. Um, Depends but, which way you look at it. Well. I've definitely done more drugs than most of them. So that's the way you def- I- You've probably done more... Dr- well, I don't really do drugs. Does weed count? No. That's a herb, right? That's an herb. Yeah, an herb. Sorry. An We're herb. fancy. Yeah. <laughs> going to herbs and spices. Herbs, right? tage. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're going to the herbs and spices rack and then it's like you just got like a pound of weed on one side. Like, Those are the herbs. And then you just got... got Meth, heroin, cocaine, <laughs> LSD, and those are the spices. <laughs> it's very yeah. spicy. Mm. <laughs> Who the bloody hell is messaging me? Ah. Probably someone for our poll, correct? Or am I wrong? It could be. Let's, let's have us? a gaze. Let's have a gaze. No, no. We're not loved. We're, no, not bit par- rude. Apparently not. Apparently not, but but you know what? Fuck them. Bit rude. Now, um, <laughs> now, in terms of a few other things, mm-hmm. so you've talked about the favourite artist you collaborated with. Mm-hmm. Now, you didn't tell me what has been your most highlight performance for yourself. Disregard I- anyone you were performing with. Your favourite performance. Of, of other people or of myself? Of yourself. Of myself. Do you know what? I feel like I get better every time. I really do. I respect that. Yeah. I, I totally get that and I respect that. And the reason why I like that is because comedians comedians expect to have bad shows. Mm, mm-hmm. Like we like you're trying out new material sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, this show's gonna be a bad one. If it's only average, that's good. I'm expecting it to go badly though. But so comedians go on with that same thing where it's like, oh, I get better and better with every time, but sometimes I have to fail in order to get better. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes you just have this highlight performance, which is just like you crush the audience. You had them in the palm of your hand the mm-hmm. whole time. And then you were like, this is like heroin. And I'm like, this is such a powerful moment. I've told it like the, the getting that big, big laugh, ginormous laugh on mm-hmm. stage is on par with sex and psychedelic drugs. Because it's that adrenaline rush. Oh, it's such a massive... It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, just the dopamine and the Mm -hmm. adrenaline just dumping in your body and you're like, oh. And it's hard to sleep that night. Oh, yeah. Because you're just, like, bouncing off the walls. Oh, absolutely. You're not taking anything. It's just the high of all the energy. Yeah. In the room. No, it, it, yeah. it, it 100% is. Yeah. First time I had like an amazing, amazing highlight performance. It was the first time I wore the onesie on stage. Oh, yeah. The iconic onesie. The, the iconic onesie. I don't think I... No, I did it once since, but that was a smaller show. But I have worn it once on stage beforehand and that was great. And uh, the show was fantastic. And then I was like, I am going to party tonight. 
I'm going to party and I'm going to make it everyone else's problem. <laughs> so what did I do? Immediately coming off stage, straight to the green room toilet, tab of acid, line of MD, <laughs> off we go. When you said party, you meant party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a wicked, wicked night out. You know you have those highlight nights out. It's which, never planned, is Yeah, it? exactly. And you get to the end of the night. Or, or, and, you know, usually, sometimes the best nights are nights you're running solo. Do you know what? And it's like, no one's going to be able to keep up with me tonight. <laughs> Wait, when you say solo, you just mean, like, you're not with anyone? No. See, I don't think I've done that. Well, you know what? I probably have after 2 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, the weak ones <laughs> and then for... And I'm like, you know what? Isn't everyone still here? Yeah. No, it, no, that's it, the spirit. Yeah. It's honestly the best feeling when you, you know, you come out of the club onto James Street and you're Good like, James and Street. it's like the sun's coming up and it's like, and then everything, and then you realize everything, the come down starts to happen. You're like, oh. And you realize you're a vampire oh. because you should not be yeah. in the light right now. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh my God. And then you got to like struggle to the train station, just shake the entire <laughs> ride home and then you like you know the sun's high in the sky by the time you get to your station and you crawl into bed and it's like let me die but okay are you a shower die. do you shower before bed i try to because i'm like no matter it's very rare times when i haven't showered before bed because mm. i'm like if i don't I, i'm not leaving my bed once i get once i go in there yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just, I just want to feel like I'm cleansed. Occasionally, I'm so brain bit. dead. I'm just yeah. like that. That's not. <laughs> we're taking it to that. We're, we're brain dead at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I don't care the yeah. fact that I'm disgusting right now. <laughs> that that the the care for that that ship has sailed. Right. Maybe it will come back, but it's not in port right now. I feel like because I got a new mattress recently that I'm trying that to protect her at all costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would definitely. But yeah, the other one saw COVID, yeah, saw, yeah, yeah. saw some shit. i got to get, uh, saw literally, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Saw yeah, yeah. some shit. God, you got a douche, darling, okay? <laughs> Flynn V will Sorry, tell I'm you. Sorry, I'm a top. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious me. Um, but that makes me think I should get some new sheets. So I'm getting. Just do it. You'll I'm racking But then up. it's like, you know, it's summer and you're going to sweat. Yeah, so then, uh, I mean, maybe I'll wash them and then come winter I'll get some fresh ones. Mm. Or I'll find... Because you'll be in there most of the time because yeah. it's high, high I'm honestly thinking, like, because I mingle mainly around comedians, but now I've got a lot of drag queen friends and, you know, they're very good to me and I love hanging around with them. But I'm starting to get hit on um, by a lot of uh, men. Okay. And uh, that's not entirely unwelcome all the time. Sometimes it's nice, but I'm usually it's unwanted. Um, and I'm just like, maybe I should start monetizing this. Maybe I should find myself a sugar daddy. I think we've all had that thought. I, I <laughs> man, just to pay for some things. Like, just you so know, you can have the, the bare minimum. Yeah, just like a PlayStation 5 or something. Nothing crazy. No, like some new sheets. <laughs> and it's like, maybe, I don't know, maybe. One of those soda water. Oh, machine. yeah, yeah, like, what yeah, What is that, yeah. a stream? Soda stream. Yeah, soda, soda stream. stream. I'd love one of those. I'd love a really good I'm coffee machine. I'm a bit machine. of a cereal soda water drinker, but only only when there's vodka involved. So you were asking before what my drink of choice is. So it would be a vodka lime soda, but then if we're going to get nasty, well, it's not really. I'm exaggerating here. I like a good espresso martini. 
I really do. I don't mind an espresso martini. The problem is I don't need any more caffeine in my system. Yeah. I consume copious amounts of coffee as is. See, I don't drink coffee. Oh. Which is weird, right? But I will say this. I really do like the smell of it in the McDonald's drive-thru. For some reason, their coffee smells great, but I'll never actually drink it unless it's in an espresso. Very interesting you feel that way. Yeah. I've always wondered this. It's probably a shower thought I've had as well. Probably. (laughs) What else is going on in that shower? Uh, You know, not much because it's it's not very big. Mm. (laughs) That would be a dream though, to have like a really big shower and just have all of the shower heads in different directions and then you don't have to move and like go turn around. Oh, that would be, that would be wicked. I tell you what, speaking of coffee and showers, I'm really trying to find this body rub which is like, it's like a a sandy kind of soapy rub. It's like a Mm. sandy rub that you put all over your body. And this one smelled like coffee. Frank body scrub? Something like that. Because that's what I use. And it looks I'd go out, like, like this was back in the day. Like, normally I look like a homeless person and I'm very happy to look that way. Sometimes I polish up. Sometimes I scrub up. If you're in the mood. Exactly. Yeah. And when I scrub up, the beard is oiled up, the hair's combed back, the scrub is on. I'm smelling and looking. Like a cup of coffee. Like sex in boots. <laughs> oh. Know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am, I feel fucking fantastic when I'm when A I'm good body ready. scrub goes a long way. It does, doesn't it? It does. Mm. It's like you're, it's like you're a snake and you're just, you know, peeling off the layers mm. of dis- what, what what are they? What's it called? Um, not un- unraveling. What is it? Um, shedding. Yeah, molting, yeah. shedding. Molding. Yeah, shedding. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just feels good. You feel like a newborn baby. Mm. Now, yeah. so you mentioned you're in the R and B scene, yes. Perth. Now, have you crossed crossed paths with Lucian Black? No. Kay the Sovereign. I haven't met them, but I follow them mm. on Instagram. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Dim Slim. No. Locks. Are they R&B or are they more like right, Aussie hip-hop? Well, not Aussie them. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, Taylor Sovereign's a rapper. And he's a, right. he, he's a He's a rapper primarily. Whereas um, Dim Slim, he, he, he writes his own lyrics too, but he's mainly a producer. Like, you know, and a sound guy. He, he yeah. creates the sound that Kay the Sovereign wants. So they've collaborated together on quite a few successful projects, might I add. Their right. album dropped recently, Kay the Sovereign and Dim Slim. And then Dim Strumentals came out recently. And that was, uh, I've been listening to that, getting through Dim Slim's uh, new, new album. And I was like, fucking, it's really good. And, you know, this is what's great because... I feel like Perth artists don't get to come together as much. And I would love to do more collaborations with Perth artists. Like, it doesn't matter what genre it is. I just like to connect that way. You know, that's why, like, I appreciate you even, you know, saying these names and and bringing them onto the platform because Mm. some of them I hadn't even heard of. Mm. And not because I didn't want to. Like, now that I know, Mm. there you go, you know. And I think that that's so important, Mm. you know, because... Guys, I'm yeah. scared now because she just, I just saw her send a text message to someone and it was like, okay, add that person to the hit list. <laughs> She's killing the How'd competition, you know? guys. How'd you know about yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my Christmas card list? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always said this in regards to killing people. Um, right. I've always said, uh, speaking of which, I need to run a joke by you. This is a fresh, okay. the other two jokes were established written jokes. Not tried out on stage yet, but like they're ready for the stage. All right. I have another joke, which 
is not ready for the stage. I feel yet. honored. But it's we're, we're going to run it by you. Okay. First off, I'm going to go through this joke. Um, I feel like you. I feel like you haven't given life enough effort yet. If you haven't had the urge to kill someone, even in a passing sense, like just for a split second, you would have like done anything to see that person die. I don't think I've lived then. I've thought about revenge, but killing. Not vengeance killing. Okay, maybe the, maybe- Do you know why? This is going to make me sound like a villain, but you know what? Let's go for it. It's my villain era. Let's, go on. let's get it. Uh, when, uh, yeah, I'm more vengeful, I think. I won't do anything. I'll just think about it, obviously, because we're not going to kill anyone. Mm. Uh, and I just think about, you know, all the things that could slowly hurt them. Mm. And I think that the slow, the slow process, the slow killing of the ego is a lot more satisfying than just killing someone. Just letting them get get off scot free. Yeah, but that that's that's the feel pain. Thing, that's the thing you settle on after the urge to kill them passes. Because the urge to rip someone's head off only lasts like maybe, a good strangle, maybe. Yeah, not, like maybe five seconds, like maybe like half a Just a, a quick day. pillow over the. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just know, to, you know, it doesn't last long. Like, I've definitely felt the urge to kill people, right? But that urge has passed, and now I just want them to live the lives that I know will make them miserable. And it's like, oh, you're gonna. I'm not going to need to kill you because you're, gonna do it to yourself. you're probably going to kill yourself. And like, that is so much funnier. For Period. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My ex. Oh, uh, um, we've, all, we've all been there. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing I've said where it's Once like, upon a mattress. <laughs> pretty much. But like, that's the other thing I've said where like, uh, if you haven't wanted to, to briefly murder at least one ex, did you ever put enough effort into any relationship? I feel like I put too much effort in. But, yeah, but I That's a good you. problem to have, though. Yes. Thing is, after yeah. that murderous yeah. streak advice, any other relationship, you get better at, like, managing expectations and, like, not being, like, too heartbroken when they can't... You become a bit more numb. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Numb. But then is that fair for the next person? But then you're like, well, the next person's going to do it anyway. It's like you finally get to 60 and you're like, oh, someone nice has come along. Oh. Can't be bothered. Um, I mean, this is a good point. This is a very good point. I just think this day and age, dating is just non-existent, really. Like, it's just very... Everything is very fast-paced. Like, the way I think of... It's bareback, unprotected sex uh, with strangers at all times. And then you're stuck with a baby. I have not been stuck with one yet. I've Look, not been stuck with one yet. Me neither, and I don't plan to be. Well, good for you. Thank you so much. Hmm. <laughs> um, now, back to the joke. Yeah. So, again, this is... Uh, Very raw. To explain this, and I've, like, explained this on a previous podcast, but, okay. like, I'll give you some backstory. Mm-hmm. I've made a joke, some jokes, about having a shitty ex. On the podcast, I've explained that, like, when I was much, much younger and much more, like... Um, Carefree or not really? No, this was, like, a dark time. Oh. Where it was, like, I okay. was susceptible to the thoughts of others and then I had things taken away from me and then I 
landed amongst a very questionable group of people. Okay. I.e. hate group, which is like not a, not a proud time in my life, but I'm not necessarily ashamed of it either because it's like I learnt my lesson and so I just You're kind who of you thought, are now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but to, to bring it up, um, to sum up with the joke, joke is it's like um, I do feel like uh, relationships make you better as a person, you know, because before I was in a relationship, I uh, wanted to commit genocide and uh, I had targeted people I wanted to commit genocide on. And uh, then uh, I found love and then they broke my heart and then I still wanted to commit genocide, only this time it was indiscriminate. (laughs) Oh my God. Which goes to show you that well, it's, damn. Yeah, it's like at least a broken heart stopped me being racist, you know, something like something that. positive came out of that. Exactly, you know. Mm. I hear you. Mm. <laughs> Listen, like I said, that one's not ready for the stage. No, <laughs> mm. but we're not racist. No, no, not anymore. Um, what made you racist? I think it was really just a question of... I was a boxer when I was younger, and then okay. my mum took that away from me because my grades were getting bad. My grades didn't get any better once she took them away. They got even worse. Mm-hmm. And I think it was that thing, like, boxing... First off, comedy is the first thing I've found where I have both the choice, the the, the option to pursue it, and the passion to pursue it. Right? Right. Um... And they're two different things because everyone works dead-end jobs that they have the option to pursue, but, mm-hmm. like, they don't have a lot of passion for it. When I was in boxing, I had passion, but the choice was up to my parents, not me. So then that was taken away from me. And then I think, like, as a result of that, I became quite bitter. And I'm like, here was this one outlet. Like, n- no other sport could fill the void mm-hmm. for me. It was like footy, no. Rugby, no. Uh no, no sport could like remotely come close to boxing. It was like boxing or nothing. And then they got taken away and I was like, well, yeah. And I think I just kept become quite embittered about that. And the thing is, when you become quite angry, quite mm. bitter, um, I think some people notice that. And then when those people notice that, they'll come up to you and they'll be like, yeah, you're right to be angry. And here's who you should be angry at. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it was like, it was at a vulnerable time in my life, but then I kind of just landed on the conclusion where I, I got to a certain age and I was like, man, these people are like obsessing their lives over something they hate. Yeah. And that's really sad because looking at them, a lot of those people I was associated with in that group, they actually weren't dumb people. They, some of them had questionable backgrounds. Some of them had... You know, maybe hadn't seen enough of life, but, and some of them were dumb, but a lot of them were actually really smart when you spoke to them and it's like, dude, you were, you were wasting your life obsessing over something to hate. Yes. And it's like, why not obsess over something more productive? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, that was the conclusion I came to. And that's when when I first came upon comedy. And then, especially when I realized I'm actually kind of good at it. Mm-hmm. And I've had enough success on stage now to know that, oh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of good at this. And you're getting gigs. Exactly. So the gigs keep coming in. Precisely. Right. So, like, I've, I've been doing well and I've been running with it. And, like, that was the first time, like, that was a sign because I was, like I said, I was a sparky. I was a rigger doing FIFO. You never have passion for those mm-hmm. things. And then I found a comedy and I'm like, wow, this is something 
I'm kind of naturally good at, I have a ton of passion for, and to pursue it is my choice. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm finally at the age now and I'm in the independent zone now where I make my own decisions. And it's like, yeah, I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to pursue this. And it's been nothing but fun. Huge dip in the pay packet, but you know yeah. what? Worth it. Sacrifice. Worth it. But you have to win, yeah. You've also, comedians are the weirdest kind of hustlers in the world. I don't know if you know this. Is this because, because you don't have shame? Yes. Yes, that's <laughs> one thing. But yeah. we, we also have no... Um, we have no... Mm, how do I say this? We have... We're procrastinators. Right. Right. So we will sit on something for ages knowing we need to do something, but we're not sure what to do. But then once we've figured out what we have to do, like you literally cannot stop us from doing it. We are like, we don't care where the, where we get the money from. We don't care what dick we need to suck. We don't care where we need to go. We don't care who we need to see. We will like, once we see like a project that we want to do, we literally move fucking heaven or earth to make it happen. And I've noticed that in a few other comedians. Like, we're just sitting around thinking of stupid jokes, making the same, you know, your dick small joke to our roommate for, like, the 700,000th time. And uh, then we land on it's like, that's an idea. I'm going to fucking do it. I need to figure out what I need. Da, 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 da. Do it from every angle. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. till one stick. It's a real case of, like, ADHD inspired. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. But it's also too much fun. It's almost, it's too much fun. But I love that. And I think that more people need to just, like, get in touch with their inner child. That's how I see comedians. Not in a bad way, because obviously you're saying grown-up shit. But I think you're, it's led by making people laugh. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, I think I'm all, because I'm the youngest of six kids. Right. And, uh... So, like, I was always the family clown. Like, I kind of made it my job to make the rest of my family laugh at, like, a young age. And that came in, like, impersonations, jokes, yada, yada, yada. Mm. And, like, whether that be my parents, my siblings, or my nana, because my nana lived with us, it was, like, it was always my job to be the funny one. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, like, my job was to always go in and, you know, get people laugh. And, like... That's why I find, like, I even get, like, obviously the high when you're on stage in front of 200 people and you crush and you destroy your set. Mm -hmm. That is different than the crush you get when you go, like, oh, I have just crushed this night and, uh, well, sorry, that that is an, that's like an incredible moment. That's an incredible rush, as we were saying. But, like, I still get, like, a little higher when, like, I just make a friend laugh at something. Like, well, because it's genuine. Coffee. Exactly. Because laughter is an involuntary response. And it's candid. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. pre-thought out. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Now, back onto your art form. Enough of my art form. But it's good because, you know, I'm We're comparing. Yes, We're comparing. Yeah. I love know? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's honestly why I've uh, enjoyed interviewing musicians and drags mm. because are those are the those rappers i mentioned earlier the um producer dim slim and lucian black and then lox marie and k the sovereign those are the people in the music industry i've uh, interviewed and they're Ooh, all cool. in the hip-hop and r&b scenes 
So you have just been added to professional degenerates music list. Wow. I was going to say, I mean, you had me at all the drag queens because my inner drag queen can now shine. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Have you ever done a performance in drag? I feel like every performance is is in drag. (laughs) But no, I would actually love to. I'd actually love to do Pride one year. Like when I am big enough, you know, I would love to do Perth Pride Mm. and just perform because... It would just it would just be a full circle moment. It would just be very. I have so many gay friends. I'm a pansexual mm-hmm. uh, woman, and I just I just love it. Mm. You know, it's home. So that would be a big that would be a big milestone for me. Yeah, I love Perth. Something nice about yeah. the place. And like I've been to Melbourne, I've been to yeah. Sydney, I've been to Brisbane, and like those places are all fun and nice. But very fast paced though. Yeah. Whereas, like, Perth is big enough to be big, mm. but small enough so that everyone knows each other. And there's so many talented people here. Oh, there's so much talent in Perth. And it's, it's fucking insane. insane. Like, why... Uh, it, it drives me insane that mm. more people aren't getting discovered. And it's like, I hate that you have to go to another city mm. to get recognised. I understand, like, you know, touring and stuff, but it would just be nice for everyone to... I feel like more people need to come to shows. And support local artists Mm. because I don't think that they realize how much time and energy goes into our craft. Mm. You know, performing is one thing, but it's putting the music together. Yeah. That takes a long time because most of us are perfectionists. All of us performers have that perfectionist gene, I feel. Oh, I I certainly feel that. And you know what? The one thing I would say to that, though... Mm is comedians do have that acknowledgement that, like, they're kind of a perfectionist. But they also have that kind of in the thing where it's like everything's an experiment. Yeah, you guys are improv as well. Exactly. That, like, no joke has ever – is never not in the workshop. Mm -hmm. We're always looking at a way to word things, deliver things, time things better, like, for the sake of the joke. Yeah. So I realise – Comedians are probably unique in that regard. But I think you're definitely right in terms of effort and talent. Because I remember the first time I saw a drag show. Well, it wasn't the first time I saw a drag show, but the time I saw a drag show and I thought, these are people I should interview for the podcast. Yeah. I was like, these people sing, dance, have to do room theatre and interact with people. They have to... They're makeup artists. They're makeup artists. Oh, they, they wear the highest heels that even... Some of us women can't even yep. wear. Yep. And they, you know. They're fashion designers. They're, yeah. They're everything. They they're wig, fucking tuck their genitals back into oh. an uncomfortable places. They do this. They do that. On, they yeah. do it on, like, yeah. a, like a ungodly amount of work. It is a craft. Exactly. And then I just looked at it and I was like, these people deserve to have a big an award, bigger award show than the Oscars. Yeah. Because it's I like agree. at the end of the day, actors just say a script. Some granted you get actors who are very talented mm-hmm. and they can put their own spin on it and they can interpret a script very well for how it's meant to be delivered. But again, at the end of the day, they're still just fucking reading lines off a script. Mm-hmm. And they get direction and then they get everyone pampering around them and running them coffees. Drag queens don't get none of that. They have to no. do their own makeup. They have to do their own outfits. They have to fucking... The amount of money they have to fork out regard, like, for yeah. what they actually get paid is ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's extortionate, really. It is. Yeah. It is. And, yeah, you're right. And I love that you're putting them on this platform as well because 
they deserve to share their stories as well. And I bet there's so much stuff that we don't even know about that goes on, you know. Plus the homophobia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember I saw a friend of mine, Sassy Cassie, make a post of this like uh, recently. Mm. Like she was talking to this woman and this woman was lovely and she was like, what is it like being gay these days? And she was like, oh, well, it's gotten a lot, lot better. But like, you know, there's still a few things to face. And, you know, the woman was like, oh, no, but it has gotten better. Like I would know, like I was alive 40 years ago. And it's like. Okay, ignorance. And it's like sassy Cassie. It's like an actual gay person. And then sassy Cassie in the post is like, I was called faggot twice on the way here. And, you know. Always just make the joke, which would be like, yeah, sorry about that, Cassie, because I did, I said that twice. But no. actually, while, while we're on that topic, um, do you remember in high school when people would be like, that's so gay? And yeah. that would be them like saying that's so shit or something. Yeah. I am still encountering people in their 30s saying that. Mm-hmm. And the amount of times I've had to be like, listen, I don't know why you're not understanding that that's not okay. Mm. Um, just say the word shit. Why are you putting shit and gay in the same sentence? Like, we're not in high school anymore. I do understand that, and I can I hold reservation for it only for the fact that um, I'm a comedian. And right. so I look at everything with it, which is like, right, what is the intention of what they're saying? Because reality is, it's like, I've got a lot of gay friends, and uh, we yeah. have a lot of back and forth on gay jokes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so I, I always say, what's the intention behind words? And so, well, but I, while I still can appreciate people are, do get upset behind it, I always look at it as it's like, what's, what's the intention meant behind something? I truly hope we can go to a day, like we can reach a day where like any negative connotation is taken out of a word of itself and mm. we just look at the intention it's used for. Yeah. Because that's... I mean, that's kind of my ideal world to live in, being right. a comedian. And as well as that, I mean, we choose here in Western countries to live in, like, the freest of all possible worlds, right? And I think when we live in the freest of all possible worlds, and this is actually why you, in a free world, you'll actually never get rid of homophobia and racism. Mm. And that's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but, like, it's kind of the price we pay for living in freedom. And that's, like, principle of freedom is you... Um, we have the right to do anything we want as individuals, uh, provided we don't hurt anyone else in the process or push our ideals onto anyone in the process. I think what comes out after that is that, well, if we get to do what we want, other people get to criticise whatever they want. Mm. And it's like that's the unfortunate uh, double edge to that sword, but I think it's a double edge I'd, I'd happily pay for for the price of being able to do whatever we want, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Just like, yeah, you know, you get to call me a, you know, a dirty fucking comedian, cocksucker, drug addict or something like that. But it's like, yeah, but I'm going to, you know, have uh, vast quantities of unprotected sex um, with precarious partners in the meantime. So that's the price I pay for it. And I have to say, I'm, I am happily, I happily keep paying that price. Good for you. Thank you. So, um, you go, Glenn Coco. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my take on it. So while I do see your point of like saying things, oh, that's gay in the right connotation, 
And full disclosure, I hang around comedians all the time. Yeah. And comedians say that all the time. Right. Let me tell you something about comedians. If you, case in point, I'll, I'll give you a name, Corey White. I haven't had him on the podcast. I wouldn't say we're close, but like I love him as a comedian. I think he's hilarious. He says some of the most controversial shit you will ever hear. Let me tell you something. This comedian who's nicest or who, who's like the harshest you, someone you think should be put on trial for like war crimes to the ears, that's probably actually the nicest person off stage. Like he'll probably go up, he'll probably shake every audience member's hands no matter who they are and be really, really nice to them once he's off stage. It's the fucking people who seem nice on stage who are mm. like not an ironclad rule because I do know a few comics who play the nice gimmick and are nice off stage too. But there's a couple of comedians who like a nice on stage who are just total fucking cocksuckers off stage. And it's like you people are fucking scum of the earth. There's always, you know? yeah. So like that's what I would say. If you ever go see a comedian named Corey White, you will hear him say obscenely offensive shit. I mean, his last name's White. Exactly. (laughs) Precisely. Um, No. This is a very good point. Um, But I guarantee you, like, watch him and then you'll think to yourself, fucking straight up the nicest human being. Like, Yeah. I just think, like, it's not even that I think people are doing things on purpose. I just think that... People like I, I get it from high school. You know, sometimes you you slip up as well. You know, and you might say something that you wouldn't say now, but you said it because something's like reminded you of whatever. I don't know if I'm making sense here, but it, that's okay to mess up as long as you know someone. Like for me, like I'm not gonna hold it against you, but I'm gonna tell you, like, you know, I don't really. I think maybe you should change your way of saying that, or just remind you. We don't do that anymore. Mm. Um, and then, like, I'm just saying to the that's so gay reference, basically. Yeah, yeah. Just because I know people say it in passing, but it's like, to them it's in passing. But to people uh, that are gay, mm. they're not all going to be so gracious about it because why should they have to be? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it's a very good point. Why should they be gracious about it? Again, it's that principle so, of freedom you know, goes both ways, which yeah. is like... You know, yeah, we get to say what we want, but other people get to criticise the language that we use, yada, yada, yada. I certainly don't think it should be policed, though, or punished, PSA. And that's what I mean, just letting someone know. You're not you're not scolding them. You're just saying, hey, like, maybe that's not the best mm. choice. And then obviously they're going to do what they want. I get the frustration, but- though. Like, recently I had to kick someone out of the bar I worked at for making... I didn't hear the comments, but, like, every fucking witness said they said something racist and mm. sexist. And I'm mm. like, it's like, oh. like, why are you here? Why do you, why yeah, do you exactly. Why to? do you do that down at the local pub? Oh, my God. The local pub. Sheesh. It's like, that's not the place to be doing it. And it's, it's not, like, I mean, it's not a place to be doing it anyway. It but. is. It is. But it's like, you're right. But it's like. And, and it's kind of like a hippie kind of retro Indian right. tapas bar. So it's not like a standard pub grub sort of place. It's kind of, it's a bit different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just kind of like, why do they here of all places? Mm. And it's like, I understand you might say some questionable things in the comfort of your own home. For Christ's sake, where of the generation yeah. where we popularize dead baby jokes? Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, look, they're actually speaking of that. There was a... Um what was it? I think it was the sh- the local shack. You know the restaurant. It's like a 
um, they sell like burgers and stuff, but they do like shots and cocktails and stuff. There's mm-hmm. one in near the uh, at Hillary's, but there was also one that used to be in the city. And my friends and I, this was years ago, by the way, we went there and we got a shot, and one of them was called an aborted fetus shot. Nice. Yeah, right. And at the time, like, I think I just couldn't believe there was a shot like that, but I laughed at it mm. and. I don't really know why because I look back and I'm like, why did I think that was funny? You know, just, you know, I can look back. But, like, they – I saw what the shot looked like and it was clear and then it had, like – it just, yeah, it wasn't cute. Mm. But we drank it. Um, Was it good? It wasn't that memorable apart from the name. I'll say that. So, clearly, you know. I should make you a Ray Charles sometime. Oh, am I going to go blind? Yes. Gorgeous. Uh It's what I deserve. Um – but, yeah, just little things like that. I mean, I, mean, I, I can see it from, anymore. from the other point. And, again, I tell I had this conversation with another comedian recently, which is, like, when when we choose to become a comedian, we yeah. automatically, like, All void. All off a little bit. Well, like, we void the right to be offended. Yeah. Or, like, publicly offended in terms of, yeah, like, we... Yeah, when you go to a comedy show, you're going to get offended or someone's going to say something offensive. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, it's, like, especially... And the thing is, it's not like that you... I explained it to them like this. It's like it's not like you've lost the right to be offended, but you avoided the right to voice your offence. So, like, for example, recently, and I'm not going to criticise this or say the show. Again, it was a, it was a, it was a performative art piece. Mm. So, like, and, you know, I understand all art is subjective. But, like, in the show, and, like, I, like, practice a version of Christianity. It's like... I wouldn't say I abide by any church doctrine, though. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't really go in with churches much. Yeah. Um, but they had an upside-down image of a cross, and I'm like, first off, like an upside-down image of a cross, that's not just, like, you're not criticising the churches there. Like, you're criticising the very idol there. Because there's so much you can criticise the churches mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. all of which is fair, all of which I've done. But, like, to criticise the idol, the actual, like, uh, piece of the faith, that's like that's like reversing the crescent moon of the Muslims or, right. like, yeah. burning the uh, images of the elephant in for the, for the Hindu gods mm-hmm. and things like that. That's kind of like that. And it's just kind of like, why... And it's like, why put that image on there? I know it's, I know it's art that you're doing, and I know it's perspective, but it's like, would you do that for, would you do that for any other religion? Mm. And it's just kind of like, again, I didn't voice my opinion. I certainly didn't complain to the people doing it because it's again, I say obscene shit all the time. Just a little second ago, yeah. but um, I do think, yeah, you kind of, I, I, I do look at it, and it's like people. People from all walks of life could be could probably if you're going to criticize or make some make a joke of something or make a joke of something in your art form, you could probably look at it a, at a little bit in more depth. Only people who are kind of void from that are comedians, because again, and that's not from a place of privilege. That's literally just the purpose of the art to kind right. of tear things down and destroy his eyebrows. Exactly, exactly. Right. That's the fucking whole thing about it whereas this show i believe i suppose you'd call it a cabaret or a burlesque show okay and i was just like it doesn't 
It didn't sit well with me, the, the a, a giant image of an upside-down cross mm-hmm. in it, you know? It was just kind of like, that seemed like the most unnecessary offence you could do. Was it like a, th- was that part of the theme? Or was uh, it just like, let's, let's show that we don't support this? I, I think it was part of the theme. But right. I think if it was part of the thing... Either they, way, like... Yeah, I, yeah. I think if it was part of the thing, they could have chosen a better image. Because I yeah. think it was for the whole Halloween thing. And it's like, uh, oh, put a pentagram up there instead, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Granted, it's much harder to get a neon pentagram than it is to get a neon cross. But my point stands. Regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, but fuck them. Enough about politics. Fuck them. Yeah. Um, in terms of your favorite shows, now, one thing I love to ask about people is Mm -hmm. post-show antics. Now, because like we were saying earlier, when you've had a good show, you've come off, you've got all of that energy. Have you ever had an epic night out after a show where it was like, oh my God, my body's going to be paying for this for a few days? Um, well, I did a show, uh, for Club Camp, which was to raise money for the, uh, they the, didn't leave much to the imagination there with the name. No, they, they didn't. No. But Go we on. love that. <laughs> Go on. Um, and mind you, I had COVID the week before. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I don't know what this means, but for some reason, majority of the time I get sick like two weeks before I have to perform and then I have a week to recover all the time. But I'm not nervous. Like I, I get nervous on the day mm. and maybe the day before, but not like that far in advance. I'm like, it can't be nerves. I'm like, why is my body sabotaging me? So it happens a lot. You know what? You know what's weird about that Mm. is I've noticed this. I feel, and this is legitimate, by the way. Mm. I'm not making a joke of this. I feel like every job I had as a tradesman or a rigger, Mm. every job, first week of that job was sick. Interesting. It's like the body yeah. is saying something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's it's weird. And it's like, first week of the job, job and I'm sick. I mm. try to look at, well, because you're, yeah, first week of the job and you're, and you're sick. With mine, I get a week to recover. So I try and look at it as, well, it it's because the universe wants you to perform. So they'd rather you get sick before than on the day but then the other side of it is my voice still has to recover and the rest of my body still has to recover so I can't give 110% of myself and sound as amazing as I would like to sound you know what I mean so Mm. it's it's like a double-edged sword kind of situation but yeah so that always happens and this particular one I just happened to have COVID a week before and that was brutal I felt like I was possessed Mm. I felt like, you know, I'm scary movie when the girl. Vomiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt like her. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I've had COVID three times. Twice felt three. like. Yeah. Sheesh. Twice I felt like nothing. I just kind of breezed through it. Yeah. Third time felt like absolute dog shit. Those fevers, the sweating. Yeah. Oh my Lord. That's the why I was like, that mattress yeah. had to go. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. The coughing, like I even vomited. The headaches. Like, yeah. I didn't, I got a headache the I think the first day and then it went away but I think because I don't know about you but um I'd been out I got it from I think it was when I went out to connections because I heard like a lot of people got COVID after they went to connections well, you know the Saturday. standard greeting in connections is going up to someone and exchanging saliva with them you're not so wrong. it's a breeding ground for you're not wrong uh, yeah. bacteria yeah I don't know if I if I did that that night but you know who knows 
I mean, um, it's okay if you did. Oh, I definitely did. We literally do. made a joke I just of it. don't know yeah. if it was that night. I had uh, Casey Johnson on, who's a... He's a performative wrestler. Mm. And he's he's trans, and uh, he came on, and he... We, we were having a, such a laugh, and we were like... And I was like, it's so funny, like, that night. And we made a joke of this night mm. where I was talking to Donna Kebab. Oh, Donna. my... F- Donna. Donna was Donna's amazed. Donna was the first drag I interviewed. Oh, and you know what? That's a good omen because she mm. is a bad bitch. Yeah, she's amazing. She is. Yeah, donkey yeah. dick Donna. Um, and gorgeous. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, I was talking to Donna. We were catching up. Yaddy. Casey comes up, and they're like, Donna, Casey, just immediately start eating the faces of each other. And I'm Stop. like, I was like giving it a second or two, like. We were, were we going to go back to our conversation? Another second or two and I'm like... You're not important No, nope, apparently not. I'll go I'll go somewhere else. Um, I'll leave you two alone. So I was making fun of that to Casey and he was just like, he was like, he was like guilty. He was like, I can't believe I interrupted that conversation of yours. And I was like, it wasn't a very important conversation anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, we were having a good laugh about that. You I know, you know what? I noticed that Michael Jackson DVD you have to the top left. Yes. I grew up with that exact same DVD. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was iconic. Mm. Like we would just watch that over and over again. The mm. Thriller music video. Oh, pretty amazing. Timeless. Mm. Pretty, pretty timeless. Right. Correct. Um. Oh yeah. What were we saying? Oh yeah. Big so, nights out for you. Yes. So cl- I did Club Camp, which was my first sort of queer show, and I've been wanting to do more because I get I get a lot of people saying that I just look straight, and I'm like, what does straight look like? Yeah. Right? But then on top of that, I just said, to, like, because I have a lot of lesbian friends, I just said to them, do I need to put on a beanie? Yeah. Do you to think that I'm, you know, into girls? But anyway, um so it was my first one and like, you know, I've been wanting to get into that more and it was a fundraiser, which was beautiful. And it was just such a good night and everyone was on such a high and there was a really nice crowd there and it was also my birthday coming up. So this was in July. And so obviously I'm going to have a good night. And, um, yeah, just stayed there for a while. This was at, um, what's it called? Uh, is it Kahuna? No. Club, no. What's the one next to Connections? Oh, Tiki as fuck. Tiki as fuck. That's right. So that's where it was. And, um, we hung out there for a while and people just kept buying me drinks because it was birthday drinks and whatever. So that was all I really needed. Yeah. Tiki as fuck is a sick place. It is. And it's, it's just different to a lot of the other places around. And yeah, I just got really lit and, um, you know, hooked up with a few people and it just, it just felt right. And I was like, wow, do I have groupies now? Does oh this, what does this mean? Can you Can explain something to me? What is it? What is the deal? Yes. With. I'm trying to word this right. Because mm. I've found all different kinds of women attractive. Okay. Like, and I found beauty in. Many, many different types of women, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be slightly bigger women, smaller women, darker women, fairer women, blondes, brunettes. I found something attractive in all of them that I can like recognize as, mm-hmm. as objectively beautiful. You mean physically? Yes. Right. Okay. Um, but it seems that there's two overriding types in my life mm-hmm. that I'm such a fucking sucker for. 
One of them is very accommodating. The other one is not so accommodating. <laughs> okay. And that's Tom Girls, okay. obvious reason, the non-accommodating kind. Mm-hmm. And mummy Morticia types, Morticia Adams types. So you like a goth kind of vibe? Is that what you mean? I mean, sort of. Goths do have their place, but it's more like the idea you... of, a of like, what? I suppose I'd be a real sucker for a goth milf. I'd say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mummy Mort- Like, I saw, I think, the Adams Family thing when I was nine or ten, and I swear to God, Mummy Morticia, Morticia Adams did something to me. And I was, it's like, and then I was just gone. And I was like. Who doesn't love a bit of Morticia? Oh, <laughs> she's so fucking hot. <laughs> and now Catherine Zeta-Jones is playing her. Oh. And I'm like obsessed with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well cast. Oh, well hell cast. yeah. The thing is, I've always said this to people. I, like One of my favourite things to ask people like, when I'm at the nightclub is like, who do you think is the greatest fictional couple of all time? Oh. And I'll say Romeo and Juliet, yada, no. yada, yada. And it's like, no, it's Morticia and Gomez Adams. And they're like, why? They're so like. On each other. Yeah. You know? Like romantic, sexy, like a bit scary. Yeah. And it's also, it's like, guys, those people are still hot and kinky for one another after nearly two decades of marriage and three kids. Yeah. It's like, we can only hope for a relationship like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. So, Morticia Adams and Gomez Adams, goals. Yeah. Goals. I hear that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Also fashion sense, because it's like, well, I do like dressing like a homeless person most of the time. If I had the budget for it, I could very feasibly dress like Gomez Adams 24-7. The slick tear back. Yeah. The suit. The vest. Yeah. The, ru- the ruffled sleeves and things yeah, like that. Yeah, the accent. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Timeless. Timeless. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. love that you said that. Good choice. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's... Your opinion is going to be wrong because it is Morticia <laughs> and Gomez Adams. But if you had to choose oh. a favourite fictional couple. That is really hard because I... I presented such a good argument You now. did. Yeah. You did. And also, I've actually never really thought of it because I... That's what I like about the question, though. It's something not a lot of people are expecting yeah. to ask. I think also because I just enjoy a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows that I'm like, my brain, there's so much mm. going on that I actually don't know. Hmm. I like your answer, though. I feel like I need time to process this. Okay. Because there's time. so many and I feel like I fall in love with characters mm. <laughs> and then I'm like invested and then once I binge the show or like watched all three of the movies, then I'm like, well, what now? And then mm. I fall in love with a different one and then I'm like, oh, I forgot about them, mm. which is very, very on brand. Very me. on brand for you. <laughs> nice. I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's actually really annoying. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Now, yeah. to cap off, because we are coming up to our finishing time. Oh, too much gas bag. I know, but it's been a nice chat. It has. It's been fantastic. It has. Um, two things to cover. I These days, more and more... You know what? I used to have a segment at the end of the thing, which was okay. like where we'd go non-pedophile of the week. <laughs> non. The Basically, the entertainment industry. Oh, my anyone God. Anyone who was yeah. famous... Anyone who was big and famous before 2005, mm. probably a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Anyone mm-hmm. who was famous after that... Still a good chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably not a dominating chance, although the percentages are still, like, unnerving. Yeah, there's definitely some human sacrifice going on, oh, yeah. and a lot of sexual abuse. Yeah. 
Now I had that, so we're gonna we're gonna bring back that segment because I bring it back every so often. Bring it back. And uh, I'm gonna present some names to you. I believe some of the names we've mentioned are Carl Urban, um, Denzel Washington. Um, uh, who else? I believe we said Brendan Fraser. Uh, I believe we said Tom Cruise, closeted gay man, very narcissistic, mm. probably not a pedophile. Um, and there were a couple of other names. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson's definitely being mentioned. As a non-pedophile. As a non-pedophile. Right. As right. a non-pedophile. Mm-hmm. Very important. Because we can't go around naming Yeah, no, pedophile. no. That's no. how we get, like, Epstein, you know, oh and we God. wind up dead. And I'm, like, a conspiracy Oh, me theorist. too. Yeah. Me too. There's this thing called blind items, and I didn't know what that meant and because I've been on TikTok a bit more recently, and this girl does, like, she'll read stuff from a blind items blog and people from the industry like hairstylists or makeup artists or people that are around these celebrities they write in little riddles because they can't actually say like they can't actually accuse someone right they can't put it in writing as that so they say it like in a riddle Mm. of you know they won't even say the name they'll just be like this two-time grammy award-winning musician a plus list star was seen with this person kind of like that that's how they do it Mm. And um, I heard about Henry Cavill. Cavill? Oh, yeah. I've heard about yeah. Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, but we're not calling anyone a pedophile on here. Dating we're saying non. For, yeah. yeah, not like dating a few younger women. Yeah. So, okay, non, non-pedos. It's the opposite for me because I feel like Henry Cavill and I, we both like gaming. We both like the gym. The only thing we, the only thing we differentiate on is the age of date. Right. 99% of the people I've dated older than me. Interesting. Mm. How do you, do you find, like, what is it about older, older women? They're smarter. Okay. And they know what they want. Yeah. Mm. And you just like to get straight to the point. You don't like yep. the whole sugar yep. coating. I'm oblivious with flirting. Right. I don't know when people are flirting with me. And that's why I don't flirt with anyone. Cause it's like, I'm just objectively bad at it. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate when people just come up straight to me and make their intentions known. Mm-hmm. Cause then I can either turn them down or reciprocate depending on who it is. And then it's like, great. We, we get to move past that. And so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the way it works with me. I think that that's how it should be though. But I, um, Some like, people play too many games. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I don't know if you've been a victim to love bombing, but I sure have. What's love bombing? So it's when people sort of give you everything in the beginning and it's very extreme and, like, you don't even want them in the beginning, but they kind of work their magic on you and, like, persuade you, right? And then just because you're like, oh, I don't know if I trust you. And then they kind of open their souls up to you and are vulnerable and tell you everything that you want to hear. And, well, not everything that you want to hear, but you know what I mean? They're enticing. And then, and it'll be consistent for a few months. And then it'll just kind of stop Mm. out of nowhere. And they can't even give you an I've been the victim of that. Yeah. And the thing is, I hate that because it makes it out like, you want, like, you um, were out seeking that. Mm. All those, like, beautiful things that they were saying. When half the time I wasn't, but I was so, like, I think mesmerised by the fact that someone was being vulnerable and mm. being upfront and saying what they want, that I was like, wow. But then you find out that wasn't actually what they wanted. They just wanted to... You just sit on their face. Well, yeah, and yeah. use you as a conquest, mm. you know. So, and I've had that with women and men. 
Yeah, look, it's it's the difference between like the British Empire and Genghis Khan. Okay, <laughs> it's like I can respect the Genghis Khan way of right. way of conquering. You know they're rocking there up to conquer, kill everybody, and not make friends. The British Empire, they rock up. Yeah, have some beads. Mm. We're gonna take all your land. Mm. That's the exchange, and it's like. No, it's like if if you want to sleep with me, I'm fine Just with that. Say it. Yeah, and it's like I'm on board with that. And then I will, and it's like odds are if you're attractive, like you won't need to work that hard. I won't make you work that hard for it. Odds are if you're not that attractive, I might not still make you work that hard yeah. on it, depending on how horny I am. Yeah. But like just. Just make it known. Don't fucking play games and don't be silly about it. Just. just it's always the very emotionally unavailable. Um, unavailable people as well that seem so emotionally available. I see that. Right. I see that. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, what? And I'm like, did I do- Hell no. <laughs> well, I don't think there's anything wrong in No, you like- can change your mind as well. You could be into it and then you can change your mind. That's allowed. Yeah, that's obviously allowed. That's but obviously the other allowed. thing too is I think it's uh it's absolutely allowed when like let's say for example like, I have a thing I do, which is just, like, I let people know very early on that, like, hey, like, um, I won't, I'll always be honest with you, mm. I'll never lie to you, and I'll never do anything to intentionally hurt you. Um, but, like, with my comedy and things like that these days, I'm kind of fucking busy, so I'm kind of sporadic. So it's mm. like I can't be this fucking person that that's you come, available. All exactly, the time. I can't be this person who's gonna fucking come to you and cuddle you at all fucking hours yeah. or go and get tea or things like that. I'll see you when I can. Yeah. And it's like, and that might be like one week. That might be a lot. The next week it might be it's not at all. Exactly. So I think it's it's very important when you're dating someone to let them know early on, like. I what definitely, I definitely do, mm. but yeah, I think I become more guarded because I'm like, oh, here we go, and I hate that because I don't want to change who I am no, based on experiences. Out. The world out. But I will say this: I would always get distracted when I was in relationships. Now, mind you, I haven't actually been in like a committed relationship in eight years, mm. um, and. I've, like, dated people and had flings or, like, been exclusive or whatever, but not for a long period of time uh, during that time. But I just realised I was getting distracted by um, everyone else and trying to put their needs above mine and my music wasn't happening. Like, nothing was moving forward for me. Oh, yeah. Right? And, yeah, so that's why I hear what you're saying because it's like now, okay, the person that I am going to be with, They've got to be pretty special because mm. I also have to prioritize myself now. And yeah, I won't always be available to you. I need to show you some messages later and you can give me some counsel on it. Oh, okay. Someone has asked me on what I think is a date, but I don't know if it's a date. Okay. And yeah, I thought we were just friends. Mm-hmm. I won't I won't even say what they do because if I say what they you don't do, want to give anything people will guess who it is. Okay. Um but it's not a drag queen. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, like, I kind of just... Like, I could see myself having a fling with them. Okay. And they are, like, a cool person to hang around with, but I'm wondering... I'm just going to go and hang out with them and then, like, and if, if, the if things happen, I'll go from there. Are you attracted? 
To them? Yeah. They're attractive. They're okay. attractive. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's important. So, no. you, yeah, if you're willing to give What's it a they're the most attractive person who, I'm sleeping but, with at the moment. Okay. I, I don't really... Go, I go for people that I find attractive, but mm-hmm. I'm a pansexual, right? So, I, I like vibes. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, you're a vibe. I'm, I'm a vibe. You're a vibe. <laughs> and I, yeah, I kind of, then they become more physically attractive to me. I see that. I still like to look at someone and find them attractive. Like, I just, you know. that They but, get more attractive as but you yeah, hang out with Yeah, them. because I'm not someone like, let's just say there's like a very like aesthetically pleasing looking person that everyone else is sexualizing. I wouldn't look at them and be like, oh my God. I, no, I can kind of appreciate it. I need you it. to talk to yeah. me. I mean, that's why I think pansexual is becoming more popular because I think it's legitim- a legitimate, legitimate thing. Because it's like... You can objectively be a pansexual and go, yes, I'm attracted to the more effeminate or yes, I'm attracted to the more masculine. And it switches. And it, it switches. It, it can totally switch. But like the the thing, like, because I've, there was one person I was seeing for a little bit. Mm. Another person, I won't say their name. But I was like attracted to them for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I like got to know them better. And I'm like, Oh, you're an objective piece of shit. Oh, And it's yeah. like, I don't find you attractive anymore. Yeah. So, like, it can... T- I like... In the way you explain it, it can le- totally be a legitimate thing. Yeah. I also think that person has just more to learn from life and maybe they'll be attractive again later at some point. Yeah. You've probably bumped shoulders with them, actually. Oh. Mm. Huh. We'll have to talk after the house They're real <laughs> big 90, 10% bisexual favouring women. So Okay. Like, Interesting. Real, real fucking... Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, back to non-pedophile of the week. Yes, all right. I think my choice for this week Mm. will probably be... Tom Hardy. Yeah. Mm. I don't think he's a pedophile. No, no. Okay, the first name that came to me, and I hope you agree, Adam Sandler... I don't Non-pedophile? think he's... Yeah, I don't think he is. I don't think he is. There's a few reasons to support that. One, well, I, I look for patterns. Yeah. Right, for pedophiles. Because it's not just vibes, and because, but vibes lead to patterns. What I look for, sporadic marriage life. Mm. Big one. Denzel mm-hmm. Washington, married to the same woman mm-hmm. for a very, Adam very Sandler long as time. Well. Adam Sandler. Yeah. There's another one. Uh, Tom Hardy... Um, Who is also a bisexual icon, so love that. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's sexy. So people say. But it's the way he speaks. He's attractive, but I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't swoon over that. But when he speaks, Mm. I'm like, oh, tell Mm. me more. (laughs) Mm. I can see that. I can see that. But, yeah, I also think that, like, it's... It's certainly a vibe on how people interact in relationships. Mm, you know? That's a good point. Yeah. You know? So, like, and that's why I think Denzel Washington, Carl Urban, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, very, very, very sporadic in his marriage. Mm-hmm. But he is also, like... Yeah, no, I agree. I don't, I don't see that for Mel. Yeah. I've also said someone who does have sporadic things, but... And they are a piece of shit, but I don't suspect they're a, uh, they are a mm-hmm. pedophile, and that was Ben Affleck. Yeah, I don't see that. Objective thing. piece of shit, serial cheater, cheated on every woman he's been in a relationship with, but I don't see him being a pedophile. No, no, nah, mm. I don't see that either. Hmm. 
Mm. What the, it's hard when you have to go, wait, who isn't one? Who isn't one? Right? <laughs> That's a good question because I'm like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Not many people that aren't. Mm. But, yeah, no, Adam Sandler, I definitely don't think he is. I don't think he is too. I don't think he is too. Although, there's the thing with Hollywood, you can never... I've I've made these, like, mentioned things yeah. names and I've always been like, well, I could be wrong. Yeah, you can always be wrong because yeah. they're great actors. Mm. They can make you think. You know what? The first... There's an unaired episode of this podcast. Okay. Ooh, it was juicy. our first experimental episode Probably never be it. <laughs> Very glad. Maybe I'll make it a pay per view thing and be like, you can like, get the first experiment. I did Once it your just- podcast blows up, just be like, here's the exclusive. Yeah, right. and it's Don't like it's the it. three. It was me and three friends, and we did this segment of the non-pedophile of the week. And my friend Tyler mentioned a name, and me and my conspiracy theory friend mm. Jody. Jody is Tyler's girlfriend. And we were just like, no, like we could immediately shoot it down because right. like we look into this shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Matthew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah. just agreeing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't name names. So, yeah, we think he's oh. like. Yeah. yeah. I hear so much stuff. Yeah. I know. Which is a little bit like the Henry Cavill thing. You hear this oh, shit. You know? I know. I know. And the pattern's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, definitely there, which is a shame because this particular person that we just agreed on has had a long-time wife. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, but, you, you, if the trend can be broken, but, you know, it's, other things happen. You look for patterns, but not all power, patterns are on who's to play. say the wives aren't in on it, too? Oh, no, I think she definitely is. I which think is, she definitely yeah, is. Which would change my whole childhood. Look, the, the, the reality is... Is that I think women see, can objectively look at a man and go, oh, this person is going to be wealthy, famous, successful, mm. powerful. But what do you have to do to... And it's like, yeah. right, but he's also got other flavours. Mm. Now, some flavours are like, some flavours women look at and they're like, oh, occasionally likes to fuck another guy. Mm. Big deal. Yeah. Occasionally likes to, you know, inject heroin. Big deal. Great, maybe so he'll die people, and I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll get his money. And then it's also like, oh, come on, guys, you need to draw a line there on what you will and what shit you're willing for your partner to do. Mm. Fuck kids. Come on, draw a line on that. So I, I think she's just as guilty in the crime as him. So, yeah. Yep, that's. We can't mention that now. No, but uh, yeah, my pick for this. Not yet. T- what was our name? We said Tom Hardy and Adam Sandler. Yeah. Mm. Which yeah. I th- feel like a good cho- choice. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think so. Yeah. I feel strongly about that. Mm. I'm confident. Confident. Yeah. yeah. We're really upset if anything came out about Adam Sandler. Not me, like having to Google it yeah. <laughs> later. Like, I'm going to Google it later. I do never hear anything. Not about Adam Sandler. No. no. Henry, he's all over the place yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and, to- and the other one. Yeah. Oh, he's been. Yeah. I've seen lots of things about him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what about... This is a... I feel like this is a weird one. So, you know how Leonardo DiCaprio dates younger girls? I'm they're still to them. They're still of age. Yeah. So, technically not, right? I'm not going to put my name to that one. I, I'm not either. I'm just asking a question. Because... No, well, not a... For the women he openly dates. They're all of age. Yeah, for the women he openly dates. Yeah. He's not a pedophile for dating those No, women. no. 
Maybe a fucking... Grooming? Mm. Oh, no, because they're still in what? Their... 20s. They're still in their early... Some are 19, right? Yeah, again, like, I don't think there's... It's like... It's it's shady. It's like, it's questionable, but I I don't think it's wrong. Yeah, no, no. Meaning, that's Um, why I was like, where does it fit on the spectrum? So, that's kind of... But, again, I don't buy the Leonardo DiCaprio thing because... Yeah, I just don't. I, I, I just... I think thing as well, he was famous in primetime pedophile decade of Hollywood. Yeah. 90s. He I reckon he's seen some shit. Yeah. If he hasn't if he hasn't done it himself, he's fucking been in the room, you know? Mm. So like mm-hmm. Yeah, some real eyes wide shut shit, you know? I wonder what Drew Barrymore's seen, because she was a oh, baby. That poor woman. I know. Mind you, she's like She's so lovable though. She's such a babe even now. She like is. she hasn't had like any gross amount of work done. No. Like she's just aging gracefully and I'm like Oh Drew Barrymore, you still got my heart. Like I she's know. still such a babe. She's a sweetie. Mm. But I just oh god, I I feel for her because mm. we don't we don't even know half of mm. whatever she's with. There was a reason why she became a cocaine addict. Yeah. Mm. I mean she was drinking alcohol and whatever else at the age of what, five? Yeah, something like that. That's insane to me. And she still is somewhat sane. Yeah, no, it's, it is incredible. Yeah. On to the next segment, yes. naming of the episode. Oh. I always get my guests to give me some help with this. Sometimes we make it a play on your name. Sometimes we make a play on something we've spoken about in the podcast. Oh, I feel like we've spoken about a lot of topics. I know, it's been fun. It's been great. Mm. I love that. I don't know. I, f- I can't pinpoint. Why do I feel like I just keep gravitating towards like Morticia? <laughs> um, Adam's family meets. <laughs> mm. Meets SPL. I don't know. What we could call it. Um, just thinking. Thinking. Because <laughs> you have quite long names. For your podcast titles. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we had one, probably the longest name is Martin's Dad Watches Porn. Ah. No. Gorgeous. One of my favourite episodes. Um, how about In the Lounge with your stage name? Or In the Studio. In the Studio with... In the Studio yeah. with SPL. In the studio with SPL. Sometimes yeah. it's nice. Sometimes it's Is nice. Is that too though. not complex? No. I feel like all your titles are quite complex. Sometimes it's nice to go back to basics. Yeah. I recently invented my own shooter recently. I call The Nightcap. It's just three quarters Bailey's. I have a song on my album called The Nightcap, Ooh. so watch out. Mm. But, I, yeah, the, the shot is, called, is three quarters Bailey's and a sh- and three quarters Bailey's, one quarter fireball. Oh, so. that sounds nice. Fucking winner. How's your stomach after? <laughs> oh, you know, didn't go either it's trying way. Trying to settle, but it tastes nice. Okay, that's what's um, and uh, yeah, it can be pretty sensational. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, in the studio with SPL. Why in not? the studio with SPL. Yeah. Is there anything you like to plug? I'm going to quickly plug, guys. You've heard me say it before. We have our fringe dates in collaboration with Martin Darcy. 27th of January, 10th of February, 18th of February. Uh, I'll be posting, uh, I'll be announcing the venue room on the next 
uh, episode because we're still technically in for a negotiation deal with it. Um, it's pretty much locked and loaded, but I just can't say for like legal reasons that we have it. Um, look at me all talking prestigious like I you love know, it. We're fucking ginormous already. We have an amazing lineup of comic comics. We've got myself, David Morgan Brown. Martin Darcy, Chris Pachulo, Sadi Chalabi, Omar, and Robbie Brooks. So it's a really, really stellar uh, lineup of comics. Three shows, three weeks. Please come and catch a show. Some of Perth's like most up and coming comics. It's mostly younger comics and up and coming comics. So I really feel like it will be worth a check out for you guys. Is there anything you'd like to play? Uh, keep. Keep the 25th of November on your mind because Fire and Water is my new single coming out with B Banner and it's going to be our debut single from our EP that we'll be releasing together, which is also called Fire and Water. Mm -hmm. So keep keep your eye on that. It's going to be a vibe. Fire and Water, 25th of November, SPL. And B Banner. Mm -hmm. Love it. Oh, fuck yeah. Mm. All right, guys, that has been Professional Anal Degenerates in the studio with SPL. <laughs>